For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. Just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 234 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Not even going to bother trying to be original or cute with anything. Nah, let's just fucking cut right to it. He just dipped out again, so dipped. whatever. Dip. He went to go yank. He went <clears throat> to go yank. So we're recording here Monday night. Uh, we couldn't record last night. Chris was so tired no, that, that no. he didn't want to record that he created a fake internet outage oh, in, his, in his town. Yeah. You can go on fucking Optimum if you want. It was bad. It was It was actually, I was nervous because it wasn't even back today. We fixed it. We got it fixed. We had to get in the horn. Fix it ourselves. So uh, if you would like Chris to continue to create fake internet outages, then I guess don't leave a five-star rating and review. I guess we didn't get enough this week, so Chris was like, oh, I'm just going to pretend the internet's out. Well, I got to shout out my my boy. Speaking of five-star ratings and reviews, I got to shout out my boy Owen, who who edited his review to say, I want Chris's life to go in the gutter. <laughs> and And I take that as a term of endearment, really. I take it as love. And also, I got to shout out someone else. Not going to get into her comment. Uh, Diana Avila. Crazy amount of respect for your for your review. If you're on Twitter, reach out to me. I'd love to to discuss it further. Okay. Thank you. Crazy amount of respect for it, actually. Oh yeah. And I mean it. Okay. I I guess uh, while you're well, going to leave a five star rating review, you can check it out. I'm sure it's terrible. It's, no, it's actually a very fair review that I'd love to just get my point across on. That's all. Did, it personally, it was, did it personally attack you? It, it wasn't a personal attack. I thought it was very well written, and I thought it was very fair. And if you're not going to leave a five-star rating review, I think she wrote the a review that that is respectable. And I have a lot of respect for for it. And that's all I'll say. Okay. okay. Now listen, this episode, as you know, is uh, sponsored by our patrons. I don't know if we if I shouted out our last patron uh, last episode, so I gotta I'm gonna do a little shout out here. Our newest patron, give me one moment, okay, okay, is uh, Ken, and then no last name. He was just born with a first name like uh, Cher or like Madonna. He's just Ken. Oh. Interesting. Just Ken. Um, and, and we'll get to some of our patron uh, topics they want to bring up later. But if you want to support the show, this is what the, you know, this is what the show comes down to right now is our patrons and supporting, supporting us and p- pumping out as much content as we can. That's going to get amped up even more as the, as the weeks progress, go to patreon.com slash M Y Y S T to support the fellas. And that's it. Patreon.com slash M Y Y S T. Boom, bada so, bing, bada boom. In case you, in case you missed it during uh, Chris's uh, 
drunken stupor last week. We did announce that if we get 250 patrons by the end of the season, that we will guarantee the uh, show will continue in 2022. So that's our goal. Um, keep supporting the show on Patreon. Uh, we've had a little uh, issue with uh, new episodes of Mike's on late because uh, apparently, and this is like a real world situation is that there might be a little bit of a health issue with John Minko, the real John Minko. So we're kind of like holding off on, yeah, we don't want to be like doing parodies right now until uh, we know what's going on. Uh, so at least you can join me. I've been on there active the last couple of weeks doing some post games. I think I'm um, going to hit one up tomorrow night if you don't mind. No, go ahead, and I don't really feel like doing one tomorrow, to be honest with you, because okay. we're recording tonight. So, What if there's another no-hitter? Then I'll let you handle it. Wow, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. So uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't recorded a full episode in, uh, since before the start of the uh, Texas Rangers series. The Yankees took three out of four there, which, I mean, we don't obviously we don't have to get into it, but what a, what a wild series that was that we said they were going to take three out of four. They The game they lose is the Garrett Cole game. Corey Kluba is a starting pitcher, and he throws Corey a no-hitter. And I just want to briefly say, because like we said, we don't want to get into the Texas series because it's a week old already, but I, we know that th- it, there's been an abundance of no-hitters uh, this season, yeah. but... It's still cool when you're a no hitter, dude. It's still cool when your team throws a no hitter. Like if you called me like in an hour and be like, so and so is pitching a no hitter, I'd probably be like, nah, I don't care. Like last year or two years ago, whatever, I would have immediately See, turned I it in. I would I would turn it on regardless. I think it's still I don't care how many people do it. Yeah, but you didn't do that when I told you Joe Musgrove was pitching a no hitter. I don't think I was awake when you told me that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Now you're not awake. I'm not awake. I mean, I don't like normally you'd rush to go and see a no hitter. I don't know if I would rush to go see one now because there's so many have been thrown so far this year. Okay. But if it's still, if it's still your team, it's still a cool thing. Yeah. Like, but let's put, it into, the- let's put it into context a little bit too. Like it, if you texted me and told me that there was a pitcher who was very, you know, he was an elite guy and missed the last two years of, of pitching due to injury and was kind of questioned, his talent was questioned coming back. I don't care what team he's on. I would turn that shit on. I'd be pumped up about it. Yes, I would. The Corey Kluba story is is a good one. And, I, if and, I told you, you and hopefully it's just getting pitching. better. Now, fuck you, Darvish. I told you, yeah. You Darvish. Fuck you, Darvish. You want to know why? Because Yankee fans ruined you, Darvish, for me after they were pissed off that the Yankees didn't get him. So I'm I'm all over the U Darvish uh, hype. What do you mean? I don't. They, yeah, how do Yankee fans? Yankee fans were all Yankee. pissed off when Cashman didn't uh, didn't drop his pants for U Darvish. Uh, what is, what kind of bothered me about U Darvish is that he had to get traded with his personal catcher. Like, mm. look, we get it. Garrett Cole's got a personal catcher. We all know that. We're all okay with it at this point. But if Garrett Cole got traded, does Higashioka have to go with? Did him? you hear about Garrett Cole? He actually left the game in Corey Kluber's no-hitter. He stormed off because he was really pissed off about uh, Higashioka and Corey Kluber throwing a no-hitter together and then having a battery bath after. Did you see that? I, that yeah, I saw that. Jealousy in the clubhouse. No, there's not. Jealousy in the clubhouse, but according to Boone. We are going to start banging. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they've actually started banging or not yet, but they've uh, they're on a six game winning streak. They just swept the Chicago White Sox uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday. They beat them five four. Uh, they had the they had the walk off walk from Judge because uh, that was one of the worst bullpen games of the Oof. year for the Yankees. Everybody yeah. that came into the game gave up a run. It, the second worst, uh, the worst one was against the Nationals. That first uh, maybe, game against the Nationals. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was. Yeah, I guess they had a four two lead in like or four one lead or some shit four three lead maybe in the sixth or seventh. No, I don't think they were ever winning that game. Okay, you want to make a bet? Go ahead, look it up, Chris. I don't really. I don't think they were ever really. I don't know if they were winning that game. While I think Wiseman could came in to hold the game where it was, and it just. While I look this up, can we just make? Can we just comment? I'm sure the stadium itself in Texas is gorgeous, but I cannot imagine having to watch 81 games from that ballpark on TV. But didn't you get? Kind of, I mean, yeah, not no, really. I get, but you, not you didn't really. get used to it. No, by I hate third it. Game. No, I hate I, it. I didn't say. I didn't say I liked it. But it, I your guess. eyes. I guess your eyes I got adjusted used to, to it. it. It's bad. I'm I'm shocked more people aren't talking about it. It's really bad. Really bad. And you were right by the way. Uh it was 3-3 three, three. in the in the 6th, 7th and then in the 8th is when the Yankee bullpen gave up 6 runs and then two more in the ninth. So you were right. I know I was right. Still an awful Thank game you. though. I didn't you know. Um <clears throat> so uh, before we actually get into a couple of different things here, uh, I do want to let's let's go over this because I don't know how many people listening to the show have, have been back to Yankee Stadium. Um, so I just want to give a little uh, experience from yesterday. I was at the game Sunday, first time back since game one of the division series in 2019. And if you have a chance to go to the stadium, this homestand, I suggest you do it because they might change the COVID protocols to the point where they really open up the stadium when they come back after this homestand. Um, so I suggest you go and catch a game this week. And you suggest even if you're vaccinated to say you're not. You don't have to say anything. I thought you have to buy tickets in certain sections. I don't get it. No, no, no. You don't have to buy tickets. If you buy a ticket in the vaccinated section, then they'll ask to see your vaccination ID. But if you don't, they don't they don't bother you. But what I'm saying is you liked the fact that you didn't have a million people around you. Like it was right. just it enjoyable was... not to have to worry about someone sitting on top of you. And look, it's not it's not it has nothing to do with being afraid of COVID, not being no. afraid of COVID. It's just the fact that you got to go to a Yankee game and you would and you wouldn't think. But 14,000 people, especially since what we've been dealing with in the last seemed like years, a lot. Still seemed like a lot. There was still energy in the ballpark. People were into the game. And if you sit in a non-vaccinated section... It feels like you're at the trop. There's nobody around you. So you're only sitting with the people that you go to the game with. Wow. So where we sat, we sat in section 106. We were in right field. So we had the last four seats in a row. I have a question. Did you see the dude with the pink uh, mohawk in front of you? Yeah, I seen. I yeah, seen him. I saw him on TV. I was looking for you. So then, all the other seats in a row have ropes around them, so no one else can sit there. Wow. So then, 
then it's then they move it down six feet and then it's those four seats six feet away from you in the next row and then it's by the time you get to six feet it's the last four in the next row so there's only four people in each row and they're staggered Mm. so it's nice Nice. there's nobody around you um the only thing that the yankees did to make you feel some sense of normalcy is it still takes an hour to get food right they got to make you feel like you're at home still but you can go, but remember, you ever go in, you know what it's like when you go in the team store and like you're shoulder to shoulder with yeah, people. Yeah, it's awful. There's, there's nobody Again, in there. It has nothing can, to do with the pandemic. It's just awful being around that many people. It, you can just sit, you can walk around nice, you know, leisurely take a look at things. You know, it was a really enjoyable experience again. So I don't, I, I'm not going to get there again before uh, the end of the homestand, but you know, if they come home and they really haven't increased, if they haven't increased it to a hundred percent, I'm going to look to go again. They probably will. They probably they, will. They I, probably I, will. And I said that. I said by the summer they would. And I think by that time we definitely will have uh, full capacity. Right. So I'm. Just, but I'm just saying, like, if you want to go and have an, a relaxed experience without, because I get, I get anxiety when people are on top of me. Just because you hate people. Just because I hate people, right. uh, and I can't deal with with the people's stupidity, which they don't know which way they're coming, which way they're going. Well, the one guy you know. a couple of years ago t- was telling his son that Derek Jeter must be injured or something because he wasn't in the lineup. Yes, he'd been were, retired you. for four years. <laughs> you, so that's not even a joke. No, that happened. Okay, I, couldn't, I remember that. And we exactly. and we wonder why kids aren't watching baseball anymore. I mean, because of fucking parents like that. So if you definitely, I would, I would definitely recommend trying to get out to the stadium, uh, this homestand before they really, uh, increase the COVID protocols. There was about 14,000 people there yesterday. Uh, that's a good amount. The crowd wasn't, that was the, this past week, they must've increased it. They did this for this, uh, homestand. Cause I think they were only getting about 11 or 12 previous. Yeah. It was, uh, just under 11. So it, it was good to see, man. It, it had a good energy to it. I mean, it's not like you're going there and you feel like you're in a ghost town. There's still people around, yeah. but you can. And look, nobody pressures you to do anything. If you don't feel comfortable, wear your mask, which, you know what? I'm not taking any chances right now because I got a baby at home. So if I was in line to get food, I had my mask on. But when we were walking around, no one's around us. I don't wear it. So the when we... <laughs> It's funny though because we pull up, and you know the good lot that we always use. Yeah, it's closed, so you got to use the garage. You're talking about the, okay. You're talking about the good lot by the river that you just walk across the train station. Yeah, it was. It's closed. What? Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, but you but know it, it's probably not too bad getting out of the garage though. No, no, it wasn't bad at all. There was still a little bit of traffic. It, it still wasn't bad. I think, uh, you know, it's it's taken over an hour to get home from there at times. Oh, yeah. I think it took about 40 minutes. That's not bad. Uh, <clears throat> what was I saying now? I completely forgot. Getting, you, you had to park, you went to go park in the good lot. You had to park in. All right, so, right, so you're in the garage. That's another time I wore it is because you're, and, and that, you know, a little that street is so narrow. Mm-hmm. And that's the one time people are on top of you. So I'm just not taking any chances when I know people are going to be on top of me. Okay. So, and, but then once you cross the street, you know, you get to the stadium, it's open, you feel a little bit more relaxed and, and comfortable. Right. So we're walking to the gate to get in. And my cousin goes to the usher. Do I need to wear a mask? And the guy basically laughed at him and he goes, we follow the CDC here. He must've known we were from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so, only only people from New Jersey are asking that question. So uh, <clears throat> he goes, but see her pointing at this young lady. Mm. She has to take your temperature, which when I say that she takes my temperature, she didn't click the button when she took my she temperature. Went, okay, okay, go. Basically. It, it was like, it's like, uh, it was like post 9-11 at the stadium, they would pat you down. They'd friggin' make you take your shoes off. And then once enough time passed, they were just like, okay, let me check your bag. Okay, you're good. Like, you could have anything in your bag. They didn't care. And it's kind of like that now. They're just clicking. They're not even clicking the thing. Yeah. So, and, and if anybody's not vaccinated and uncomfortable, or you're vaccinated and uncomfortable, but you really want to go to a game, that's also my point is to go Just now. go now. So, let's just get, let's just lead up to this real quick. Because I'm sure it was awesome being back at the stadium. T- biggest part of it of the of the hype outside of not being there for years that this team's finally fucking winning right so i know we don't want to get into the texas series but let's just say this they lose the first game coming off of a loss right and it's almost like at at this point you're still scared of this team because once they lose two in a row you're like fuck they're still not really hitting and you you don't know if they're going to go back in a downward spiral those three fucking wins, man, especially after losing after Cole, that I don't care how you're they're winning games at this point. First of all, this pitching is fucking has been phenomenal. Okay? I don't care how they're winning games right now. When the bats the bats have come come to life a little bit. So so there's been some good things there. But who's been who's been the catalyst? Who's been the offensive catalyst? That, that's Gloria Torres. And, and is it not friggin' refreshing to see this kid go out there and start to put together a season that we said he absolutely had to do this year? See, now knowing that he had COVID in December or whenever it was, you wonder if it was... Because you hear... It affects everybody differently. Yeah. Do you wonder if he was, like, behind a little bit? Coming back, I don't know, man. Like I didn't, like I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, well, you don't even. We don't even know if he had symptoms and stuff. But it's taking no, him he, out. It's from what him, I understand, he was. Got from what hard. I understand is that when he was in the first time he got it, I think I believe he was sick. Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you this from personal experience because I had it pretty bad. You couldn't move for two. You can't move for two weeks. It's like the worst flu you could possibly imagine if you had the flu. And then so that's two weeks. You can't even see anyone. You're quarantined, and then you take a while for your body to build back up maybe maybe you're right maybe you got some there but even defensively here's where here's where i say it's a lot of it's mental with glaber and we know this even defensively he looks so much more confident i mean he well, really he's does been thrown, he's been throwing an actual major league for i mean he's been throwing actual guys that know yeah. how to play okay. for space that's fair uh, but he just looks he just looks like he's he's comfortable in his own shoes finally the power's not there. Who cares? Okay. We don't want the power. But we that's okay ne- because hey, he's... We never asked for the power. We never asked for it. The guy's coming up in big spots and getting hits. I mean, you can't... Add, I mean, that's what you want out of, out of him. You don't need to see Glaber Torres swinging from his heels to hit 38 home runs. Well, here's the thing. If Glaber Torres isn't going to be the power guy and he's going to be the guy who... What's the biggest gripe every fan has about this lineup? It's home run or bust, home. right? Okay. But now let's really break it down for a second. Glaber Torres isn't supposed to be a power hitter. He's supposed to be the guy that you're seeing right now, and he's becoming that. When DJ finally picks it back up, which I know people are on DJ, and rightfully so, 
but he'll get there first of all, and second of all, he's really not having a he's having a terrible year for DJ right now. Not I don't he's just not having a, I know not having it, a good year, and he'll turn it up. He'll turn it up. Then you have a guy like Geo who has some pop too, but he's not a he's not a power guy. I mean, Geo's the guy who's going to put the ball in the gap too. So you're starting to see some guys come around that that are doing what they're here to do, as well as mixing in the power guys, and that's when this offense explodes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't be having a 694 OPS and being DJ LeMayu. I mean, that's just not no. acceptable. It's, it's not. I mean, I love the guy. And I tweeted this the other day. I think he was – see, I got I get nervous when the Yankees do shit like this mm. because – When they bench him? We've seen he, – he's not he's not been good, right? We can mm. all agree to that. He's yeah. not been good. He DHs Friday – sits Saturday. So now you're saying to yourself, okay, he's not playing well. A DH day followed by a day off, that's a little sketchy. Right. So you're wondering if something's wrong with him. Yeah, you made me nervous when you pointed that out. So, you know, we haven't heard anything. I mean, the, I think they tracked him. He ran 96 feet to make that play yesterday. You know that play? To, Man, that was right. phenomenal. Phenomenal. He, I, look, I don't think he's hurt. I think they're just trying to give him some days off, maybe recoup. Um, he, they need him to pull together, man. This team's not going to win a championship without DJ LeMayu being DJ LeMayu at some point. Well, that's what I tweeted during Saturday's game. I said, right or wrong, the Yankees offense is not, and they go out and they score seven runs, which believe it or not is tied for their third highest run output this year. Seven runs. <laughs> but whatever. We'll, we'll get to games. that in a minute, but get they're, to your, I mean, they're getting, they're winning games. So yeah. I mean, get to your tweet. Cause I want to make a comment on that. This team is offensively is not going to take off until DJ LeMayu gets hot. It's true. He's, he's the catalyst of this whole entire thing. It's true. It's great that Glaber's been, but over time, and especially in October, you need DJ to be there. You need DJ to be DJ. But part of my comment before when I said, it's, I'm just glad they're winning games, I don't care how they're doing it, is because when you look across Major League Baseball, the Yankees, it's not like this is this is exclusive to the Yankees right now that they're struggling offensively. Now, every team has been struggling, but not every team has been pitching the way the Yankees starting pitching has been. So you got to take it for what it is right now. They're winning baseball games, and this pitching has been absolutely brilliant. It really has been. See, that's the thing a lot of people are bringing up that I don't know, that I can't completely get on board with, that the offensive struggles are not exclusive to the Yankees, but the Yankees are like 20th or lower in every offensive category. So obviously yeah, but there's, there's not room. a huge gap. Of course, there's, there's room for improvement. There's room for improvement here. If you're telling me that they're hitting 230 as a team, but because that's second in the league, because everybody else is, that's fine. But when they're like 20th, then, you know, they, they got to be better than yeah, that. Of course. Because, you know, honestly, like we're, we're, we're glad they're winning. We're happy they're winning. But I mean, you can't sustain winning two to one ball games, two nothing ball games. They, they, they uh, during the six game winning streak, they've won two nothing, two nothing, and two to one. I know. So I know, and, and, and five, were, five four. I mean, that's and still those a one were, run game. Those were three consecutive games they scored two runs. And, I mean, well, obviously one of those was the Kluber no hitter, uh, and then one of them was um, that was Herman. Herman pitched uh, seven scoreless. Uh, and the Montgomery, that was a big bounce back game for Montgomery oh, Friday night. Huge. He looked fucking great. M- might be his best regular season start of his whole career. See, but that's the thing that you were just in a different place last week. So I, I couldn't, 
I didn't want to fight you because there was no sense in fighting you about it because you were just where you were. No. And you, yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. But listen, the thing with Jordan Montgomery that I wanted to tell you, but because you were just like, oh, Jordan Montgomery sucks. This is who Jordan Montgomery is. We're not relying on Jordan Montgomery to be a top end of the rotation pitcher. Shaking my shaking head. Your, shaking why? my head. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is I don't care what you expect out of any of your starting pitchers. When you have a lead against the right, fucking I'm not Orioles. Absolving. I did not absolve him from that. But what I'm saying is that this is the type of pitcher Jordan Montgomery is. When he doesn't have his good stuff, it's ugly. Well, it can't it be is. that ugly against a team like the Orioles. Yes, I'm not denying that, but you're you understand what I'm trying to tell yes. you right now. Yes. When he doesn't have his good stuff, it is ugly. It's unwatchable. Like you just want to you want to put your own head through the wall. That's how bad it is. But when he's got his four pitch is mix, he's got four pitches. When it his mix is working, and I think his fastball was up a tick. I think he was sitting around 94 on Friday night. Yeah. I think that's a, good. that's a huge difference too for him. He's good. He's he's got the stuff, and we've seen like he we've seen him show up in big spots. Mm-hmm. Now you want to? Yeah, you know he has. So you combine that when he gets his good stuff, and then he's got the stones to handle the situation. You know, it's not somebody. He's not somebody that I want to throw out. You know. No, no, listen. That's not what I was trying to say. I was. I was. I was just saying that it was so bad. I wouldn't have I, I would have been okay with any rational move. I'm calling it irrational. If they were to just dump him. Of course they're not gonna do that. Of course that that, that would be stupid. I'm just saying that's how ugly it was. But we gotta say this about the starting pitching. Outside of Tyone, which I guess the Yankees are just gonna be a little more conservative with him. They know he's still building up. They got five good innings out of him without giving up a run. Right? He didn't give up a run. Did did you hear anything from Boone why he lifted him after I didn't uh, after, after I didn't because I didn't I wasn't able to to listen Did, are you asking because you didn't get to I didn't hear no because I I didn't hear it by the time I, I got to the car my, I'd have it. to imagine because there's no stories out there that he feels sore or anything like that I automatically assumed and have to imagine at this point that the Yankees were happy getting five innings out of this guy they have a fresh bullpen and. And at this point in time, they're going for the they're going for the uh, sweep here at home. You just want to get him out of there and start as much as you're building his arm. You got to build this guy's confidence a little bit. Right, he gave you five because, strong. Right, because I also tweeted this when I was at the game is that I said that I'm intrigued to hear why Boone lifted him after 80 pitches. But I'm but then I also went to say that I can pretty much verbatim tell you what he's going to say. We didn't want him to go through the lineup a third time. Right. We wanted to get him out there with a lead. I had my bullpen ready and rest it. Right. I mean, right. Uh, right. I can't That's imagine it. that he. I can't imagine that he would have said anything else. No. And and that just brings me to my point where like they were able to do that with Tyone because the Yankees starting pitching in games that they're pitching well, which has been obviously over the last six games, has been every single one. The starting pitching's going deep. They're efficient. You had a you had obviously had a complete game at a Kluber with the no hitter. Everybody he, else won seven. Everyone like even when Cole sucks, he's still going deep. He's still keeping your team in the game. And it's like, what more could you ask for at this point from the starting pitching? Honestly. Well, think about this, right? Tuesday night, uh Jamison Tyone allows a run in the fifth inning. That was the last run allowed by a Yankee starting pitcher. I know. I it's crazy. 
It, I tweeted the other day before the before the start of the final game of the Sox series that they went forty innings giving up one run. Uh, that's a, that's not the starting pitching. That was that was all the pitching. I it believe was 40 the starter innings. streak is up to thirty five consecutive scoreless. Yes, innings. it is. It, it, that's phenomenal. So I was talking to my buddy John, who we've got to get him on at some John point. John Canton. Yeah, we got to get him on at some point to talk about the the Jays. Uh, I didn't even realize that they're playing the Blue Jays this week. I mean, I did, but I didn't. Uh, plus, tonight's a busy night for him anyway because Monday Night Raw is on. This Raw. Is, he, he's no, he's working, dude. What do you I know he's working, man. he's working. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we could figure something out in a couple of weeks. They'll be. Uh, I don't know where the hell they'll be because it's an away series. So, who the hell knows where the Jays are playing at that point? Maybe Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, they got. I mean, come on, open Canada. Yeah, come on, open Canada. We know, we know, it's a fucking joke up there, but just open it back up. So, so, uh, yeah, you sound like Boone. No, because like now I forgot what I was saying again. (laughs) Canton, Canton, getting them on. Blue Jays, Blue Jays coming to town. Starting pitching's been phenomenal. Thirty-five straight innings. Yeah, I don't know. I'm he was t- he was telling you something on Twitter. You were getting to what he was saying to you on Twitter because I saw you guys going back and forth. You had yeah, a little no. thread. Yeah, but we weren't arguing. We were just talking. Cause no, the, yeah. The, the Blue Jays are calling up their top pitching prospect to pitch on right. Wednesday. Right, And they just got swept four games by the, uh, by the Rays. The Rays are on an 11-game winning streak right yeah, now. Yeah, you know what? I got to say one thing real quick. Jeff Passan, that douche, tweeted out how great the Rays are. No one cares. No one cares. Rays fans don't even fucking care, Jeff. And you know what? I wish more than anything that the Rays were coming to New York instead of the Jays right now. I Now we have to wait a couple series. I want them on an 11-game winning streak. You want to know why? Because fuck the Rays. That's why. Well, yeah. I mean, the Yan- this is. I hate these schedule quir- uh, quirks. Like, the Yankees are playing the Jays, and then they go on the road for three games before they're home again for seven. It's it's a very we've been saying this for the last couple of years I guess outside of last year uh, because obviously that was a fucked up schedule but like the scheduling's been so I've been just scratching my head at a lot of the like it's so division heavy to start the year and then they got then they got the Red Sox the but Sox. then they didn't play the Boston for two months right and then and then they don't play these guys again until like August I mean come on what the fuck are they doing man. So it's all in the algorithm. It's all in the algorithm. Yeah, I don't know what I had a thought, man. I don't know where the hell it went. I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to you eventually. I I doubt it. So uh <clears throat> Yeah, so I mean it was a good weekend for the Yankees. They swept the Chicago White Sox who came in with at, with the best record in the American League. Uh, if you looked at all their numbers, they were one or two in every offensive category. And I guess this just goes to show that good pitching beats good hitting. And that's why, I, you know, a lot of people look, the Yankees outfield situation is a mess right now. It's not as bad as the Mets. You know, we were watching a little bit of that oh, game yeah. earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, people are like, oh, the Yankees should trade for an outfielder. Don't worry. No, you st- look. If a situation comes along, the Yankees should not turn their heads to trading for, not just to get an arm. I'm talking about good, top end, a uh, number two type starting pitcher. 
You know, if that something like that becomes available, they should not turn their head to that. Well, listen, since we're on the topic, do you want to just integrate some of the Patreon, uh, some of the patron questions into what we're talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. Because one of the first questions here from uh, Kasem was uh, he wants to talk about center field options. Who would you real, who would be realistic options for this year and going forward? And Rob Skeen says, uh, he asks, are the prospects you'd like to see fast-tracked, uh, are there prospects you'd like to see fast-tracked to help with our outfield injuries or rather trade for ch- for a cheap vet? Look, I know when the Yankees were in uh, Texas, there was, I guess Brian Cashman called about Delano the Shields Jr., which I'm not interested in at all. Like, uh, no. Mm. no I'm, I'm not interested in a situation like that. Like, yeah, the guy can go out there and play adequate defense, but like I don't want a four A player. I'm sorry, like let's not waste our time making those those moves. Like, let's bring up Florial at this point. Yeah. Now, well, like here's the thing, right? Let's just let's just start here. Who called the Aaron Judge, uh, the Aaron Hicks season ending surgery? Because that's what it's going to be. You you called it two weeks before they even said anything. Okay, so you knew that was happening. Now, let's break down the options that we have. You have Brett Gardner, who's never a bad option. He's good defensively. He's starting to swing a better bat right now. Um, and you love to put him out there here and there. But again, you don't want him to be your everyday guy. Um, Frazier, as long as Frazier keeps going out there and having three for four days, he's still going to be a good option for you. He's, again, playing a much better outfield. I didn't get to see it on TV but I heard John and Susan were saying that on that ball. Oh, you were at the game, the home run. The I was. My section was right there, but I was actually yeah. not in my seat at that. Well, point. apparently the fan might have didn't interfere because it was in the stands. But if if that fan didn't go after the ball, Frazier might have had a chance. But John, because and I Susan, told I told you that it still takes an hour to get food. Right. And I, so you were missing and, it. Yeah, so you know what? And like you said, you got to get a still Yankee Stadium pretzel. You have to. Yeah, so uh, you have to do that, even though they're even though they're hard and and like fucking stale. Like you got to uh, get one because they're the best. It was a little bit better. Maybe it was because I hadn't been there in two years, but it was a, it was a good pretzel, solid. I no, listen, I, I the staler and the more solid, the better for me. Um, but apparently, John and Susan felt that if. Judge were out there, which apparently he doesn't play the field anymore, which we talked about before we came on air. Uh, he would have had it with his height easily. So I did see the replay. I could see where they would make that yeah. distinction. So regardless of that, let's put that aside. Frazier's been playing a much better outfield. Um, so really, you're not going to go out there and just get some cheap vet to plug into this to this lineup at this point. How how much longer, to your point now, how much longer does Florial need in AAA? How much longer, really? Because we've been hearing about this kid. Yeah, he made his debut last year. But, like, I feel like they're just, like, scared to bring him up and tell him he's got a spot here for right now. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you're not going to play him every day, then he needs to stay in AAA. But I why not play that. him every day? But, but that's what I'm saying. If they're not going to play him every day, they they you said they're afraid to tell him. You said they might be afraid to tell him that he's got a spot. Okay, well. He needs to he needs to come up here and be an everyday player. You can't platoon him or play him twice a week. Like if he's up here, he's up here to be the starting center fielder. Can I give you my two cents of why I think the Yankees are are delaying him coming up and hoping that Frazier continues to hit? Why do they want to trade him? Yeah, I think if Max Scherzer is available at the deadline, 
you know the Nationals, even though he's a rental, they're going to want to get a guy who's who's uh, who's proven himself in the minor leagues and who's on the cusp of being a major league baseball player. You got If you're going to trade Scherzer, I don't care if it's a contract year. I don't care if it's a rental. You're going to want to make your fans happy at that point and at least make them excited for the future. Florio's a guy that you can do that with. They're, they're obviously not going to get rid of Dominguez for Scherzer. Right, but Florio's a guy that right now you can make an argument is a good a good chip if they're gonna that, if they're gonna give the Yankee tax on a Scherzer rental trade. Yeah, right. And that's another thing I want to. Jason Dominguez should not play for the New York Yankees in twenty twenty one. No, no, no. That no, can't because happen. first of all, he didn't even he didn't play last year. He needs to go and play baseball, not in the major leagues this year and number two i've seen him play and he's in so he he's in a level right now where they're playing on basically high school fields yeah. so why don't we let him go and play on actual minor league fields here right before we worry about calling him up and why rush it why rush it at this point right like th- let the kid fucking gain some confidence down there he's so young he doesn't have any professional experience at this point let the kid, let's give, just like you said, if you're going to bring a Florio, you want him to play every day and not miss minor league at bats. You bring this kid up and he starts shit in the bed for two weeks. He's not, he's not doing anything for this team. It's just, it, there's no positives there. He's not ready. Florio is. Florio is ready now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really need to see much of him at AAA. Like, if he's healthy, but, bring him up. And that's what goes back to my point of, like, why I feel... The Yankees are reluctant to bring him up at this point. If they do, then obviously I'm wrong. Or maybe he takes off and he becomes even more valuable. But at this point, I think the Yankees are scared to show show their hand here with Florial because they're they're anticipating a, a you know a trade deadline move where he's where he's a big chip. I mean, it's a possibility, but I mean, I don't know where they're where they are really going to go to get an outfielder. I mean. You get asked this question a lot, like, who do you see them trading for? And I I don't know, because right now we're sitting here as May 24th. You know, Willie Adamas got traded last week, and you want to say, ooh, Willie Adamas, but even a player of his caliber, it's rare to get traded this early in the yeah. season. Like, like even a Mike Tockman for Wani Peralta trade when it happened is rare for it to happen at that point in the season. You know, so we still got to see which teams are in it, which teams are out of it, you know, who who becomes available. We don't know that right now. So, yeah, I think the Yankees should make a move for an outfielder because, be honest with you, you could – and I think – go ahead. Ask, there's another question about Miguel Andujar, so just – I saw it. Just ask it before. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I really wanted here. to get to this. I, I really thought this was a great question. This is also from uh, Rob Skeen, one of our patrons. You can – uh, be a patron at patreon.com slash MOST. Uh, how do you see Andohar's role continuing to play out? Like, then this is what I just wanted to say. So I want to give a shout out to Rob for leaving the question, but championship teams don't have Miguel Andohar playing left field for them. No, but here's what I'll say. And I, this is why I wanted to get to this question so bad. What are you starting to see from Miguel Andohar? A guy who's yeah, starting to play left field. Okay, well, first of all, let's put that aside. You're seeing the guy that we saw a few years ago getting consistent he, at bats and starting to hit the ball up the middle. He's been a little bit better, yeah, Dude, a lot better, a he lot better. Got, no, I wouldn't say a lot. He's been better. He's been a lot 
better, Christian. If you well, watch his batting, swings, he was batting zero, and now he's not. So if I you guess watch his can... swings, he's staying through the ball, putting it up the middle, and he's becoming the guy that he was a few years ago. And within a week's time, you will start to see more extra base hits from this guy. You will start to see him put some more pop behind the behind the ball and, and hit a few out. You're going to see the Miguel Andujar who should have won Rookie of the Year a few years ago. And it's t- it's going to be tough to justify taking him out of this lineup when you have Clint Frazier before yesterday. I don't know what it is now, but he was batting, what, 149? I mean, it's very tough to justify taking a guy like Andujar out when he's starting to see consistent pitching and putting the bat on the ball in a big way. But is it when he can't play the position, Chris? Dude, he, first of all, I'm not saying he can. But he made a great play out there the other day. He did. It was yesterday, and he should have dropped the ball. He should have. But, again, it's a great play. Now, he has he made more mistakes than good than Frazier's than up good to plays? 171, yes. and Andujar's up to 191. Okay. So, I just want to go through real quick over the last few, uh, over the last few games here. Because if you take into account his last you know, handful of at-bats, Andujar has been pretty damn good. So he took an 0 for yesterday. Okay, he went 0 for 4 yesterday. Let's go, let me go to the game uh, game before when they won 7 nothing. He went, where the hell is he? Okay, he got a hit, hit in an RBI. Game before that. You go here, they only won 2-1, but I believe he had a couple hits. Uh, to went two for three. I mean, over the last handful, it's not even just the amount of hits, it's the balls he's hitting. He's hitting them up the middle, and he and he's putting he's putting good wood on the ball. And and that's it went two for four the day the game before that in Texas. I mean, he's starting to put together some good at bats. It, it look. Like I said, if Clint Frazier is going to continue to go out there and hit the ball the way he did yesterday, then that's a different story. But if he's not, I, I mean, you got you to gotta keep guys in there who are hitting the ball because your offense just isn't scoring enough runs. Plain and simple. Yeah, which is another reason why I don't... They're not scoring a lot of runs. So, again, you want to play... Good defense too. You don't want to leave runs out on the field. Like, but well, here's what blows my mind. Right? We just talked about Judge DHing. You have an opportunity right now to use Miguel Andujar as a DH as his back gets hot and not have him as a liability in the outfield. But for some reason, you're just not throwing Judge in the outfield anymore. You're short on outfielders, and you're not playing one of the best right fielders, if not the best right fielder in the game, in his position. Yeah, and whatever they're doing with him is working right now, so I don't really want to Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But at the same time, man, you can't tell me this guy's a super... Just like I say that Garrett Cole is getting paid to, to be able to throw to any catcher, you can't sit here and tell me Aaron Judge is the face of the team and a superstar, yet the guy needs to DH now. Why David it, Ortiz was, and it's working. No, but what I'm, but David Ortiz was never one of the best at his positions. It, tell me a better defensive right fielder than Aaron Judge. Tell me right now. Okay, I, I understand your point, but your point, your first point was that he can't be the face of the team and be a DH, which is not true. Right now, for what Aaron Judge is the face of this team for, no, he can't. 
He needs to be out there, especially when, first of all, we are in a situation where if, uh, I guess Giancarlo Stanton is just going to get hurt all the time every year. But, like, you're in a position where Stanton's here for, for the long haul, and he's the DH. You have to pick and choose. Like, you're saying, yeah, it's working right now, but who cares what's working right now? This isn't reality. He's not a DH. Make it work with him in the outfield. What's going on with Aaron Judge that, that, that they're so scared to play him in the outfield right now? This is just a plan right now. They can it's give a shitty action. plan. Can, it's not a shitty plan. Tell me how it's not working. Because, Christian, here's, here's why I go against all this shit, okay? Because you want to sit here and say, oh, it's working, and he's the DH, and that's working for him. That's not what you need to work. I don't care that it's working right now. This isn't what I need to work. What I need to work is him being the right fielder every day and also hit the ball. No, so, I yeah, need it's a great Band-Aid. It's a great Band-Aid right now, but it's not the long-term solution. Right. So, right, it's not going to be a long-term solution because at some point, John Carlos Stan will come back. Right, and then maybe. what? And then what, Judge just goes back to playing like shit because he has to play the outfield and get Who used to that again? Who said he's going to play like shit? But oh. if, you can, if you can save miles on him because of what we've seen happen to him, why don't you do it right now? Jesus. I mean, come on. We're talking about somebody that's What's the difference if you're saving on- miles on him now or later? I mean, he's got to go back out there and play every day. Right, so, so, so what? You we're want just going to let it go out there, and, and that's it. Wouldn't you want to be a little uh, bit fresher and healthier come uh, October? Stanton's healthy again. The experiment's over. Let's so judge out there. Oh, he's hurt. No, how about go out there, get your body fucking ready to not get hurt anymore. Like, like sitting him on the bench is just making his body less durable. Go that's out there. Opinion. Excuse me. That's your opinion. Is is what they is what they've been doing working for Aaron Judge? He's sore every other day. He's missed like three games this year. Come on, man. Uh, just give me a break. He's no, the starting right fielder no, for this no, no, no. team. Listen to me. He's why, the starting right I'm fielder not... for this team. He's not the DH of this team. Okay. Right now, why I'm not going to give you a break on this is because whatever has happened in the past has not has clearly not worked for him staying healthy and staying on the field. So why don't we try something different and see because if we can keep what his you're trying and... is not reality. Can he stay DH? Are you going to throw throw Stanton out there? (laughs) Apparently not because the guy can't even run the second Uh, base without Listen, I'm agreeing with you. It's a great Band-Aid. It's a great Band-Aid, but it's not a solution. If the opportunity is presenting itself to you right now to be able to play a little safer with him, why not take the opportunity? Because I don't want to play safe with my superstar. I want him to prove to me that he can play every day in the outfield. Okay, and right now this is what they're doing, and I don't have a problem with it because Fine. right his bat is way more important than him playing right field, and you can't say that it's not. I understand that he's a great right fielder, but you cannot tell me that him playing right field is more important than keeping him in the lineup to take four to five bats every day. Understood. But my point is, this is my superstar, and if I'm doing this with my superstar, he's not that much of a superstar that I'm scared to throw him in his position that he's probably the best at in the entire league well, because I'm scared he's going to get hurt. If he puts up MVP-type numbers, which he's on pace to do right now, you know, uh, he's a superstar. So what do you want? What are we really arguing here? You want, to see, you want him to play every game in right field. And, and, you know, perfect world, I do too, but they have an opportunity. I didn't say every game. No, I know what you're saying, but in a perfect world, he should be in a, out in the outfield, especially right now when they seem to be shorthanded out there because you don't, I mean, w- wasn't the outfield in the fucking no-hitter, Andujar, fucking Gardner, and, and 
and Tyler Wade. I <laughs> yeah. mean, come on. And Jesus Tyler, Christ. let me tell you something. Did you not hold your breath when that ball was hit to Tyler Wade? And, and credit the, credit Tyler Wade. Seriously. He, he got no, a great pro- jump. He, his speed is the reason he caught that. I mean, you know, maybe Aaron Judge might not even get to that ball, to be honest. Maybe with you. not. Maybe not. Judge is faster than we than we give him credit for when he really turns it on. But, but yeah, man. I mean, when that ball was hit, I was like, fuck, there you go. And oh, somebody should have punched Tyler Wade in the face yesterday. Why? Like, dead punched him in the face. With what? He's Because in the ninth inning, he's up in the fucking count 3-0. He should be taking three fucking pitches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about this. We talk about this all the time. Did you, uh, I, I really am so mad at myself for not pulling the audio on the Garrett Cole uh, when Brian Hoke asked him if anyone talked about the Kluber no hitter mid game and he starts laughing and he said, he, he was, you know, kind of making a joke to Hoke and Hoke was saying, no, I, I didn't mean bring it up to Kluber. I just meant do any of the guys talk about it in the dugout. And he said, uh, he said, you know, one guy came up to me and didn't realize what was going on. And he goes, man, he's pitching great. He might be able to hand the ball right over the Chapman. It was and, definitely Gary Sanchez. Yeah, you, you think Gary's it was? You think it was? I don't think Gary talks to Cole. I think he's still mad at him. I don't That's know. True. That's true. But I, it was such a good audio clip. I wish I pulled it. Uh, Nicholas Baresi, another patron, great, great uh, supporter of ours, has one more topic. Do you want to bring it up now, or do you have something sure, else? Why you? not? Go ahead. All right. This is. He said it's more of a topic, but he wants to know. Uh, maybe you guys can share all your personal experience. That guy is yanking right now, so he's not here. Uh, <laughs> personal experiences of what it was like to step foot into Yankee Stadium for the first time to watch a ball game. Every fan can relate. I, I don't know, dude. I was five years old. I don't really remember. So well. I'll tell you my, here's the thing. I don't know if I can tell you my very first experience, but there was something different about the old stadium. And it wasn't just the, the, the shaking of the crowd and the, the noise. There was something different walking through the, through, you know, every stadium nowadays. And, and some of the younger listeners won't even know what we're talking about because it, it changed so quick. But all the stadiums now, all the modern stadiums, like you walk in through the gates and it's just open, right? You see everything. But in the old stadium, if you've never been there, you walk through, you got the you got the program, program, yeah, program, yeah, right? You got to buy a fucking program from this guy just because he'll harass you the whole game if you don't. And then you're walking through, you don't see anything until you start walking to your seats through that like little tunnel. And then you walk through and you see the grass and the, and the field for the first fucking time of the year and it was the best fucking feeling in the world you don't get that at the new stadium or any new stadiums anymore really and that's well, that's the my number one experience of like going to a game that would be it for me oh like the only thing you like when i initially saw you send that i thought maybe he was talking about like going back this year you haven't been back yet and i really suggest that you you try to yeah, get I know, out i know you try to get out there um all I can say is that, like, I, 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 my dad started taking me to games when I was like five years old, so I, I really don't remember like my first time going to Yankee Stadium. Like, all I can say is that this time Sunday, this past Sunday when I went, it was, it was like, it was a very surreal experience because we had because of everything that happened, and we didn't know. Like, honestly, dude, there was a point where you really didn't know what was going on. You didn't know if you were ever going to be able to go to. Uh, professional sporting events again like obviously like everything's cleared up you know we're, yeah you know we're to on be the right fair track to you now. though shit gets so blown out of proportion like things get so irrational sometimes 
that you didn't even know. You didn't know when the fuck that was going to happen, that you can go back to the stadium. So I got taken away from us last year. And in this last year, I became a dad. Like, yeah, listeners to the show know that. So, like, now it was just, it was different. Like, obviously, my kid wasn't there. She's a year old. I'm not going to bring her to a game when she's a fucking year old, especially when people are still probably carrying around COVID and shit. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be an asshole and take that risk. Um, but just being able to go to Yankee Stadium and knowing that, like, you're there, like, it was, I got a little, I didn't cry. Like, I don't want people to think I was fucking crying. You fucking like, cried, you teared. I didn't cry. I, I, I swear to God, I didn't cry. But, like, it was a little emotional walking in there because, like, you hadn't been there in two years. Everything that's gone on in the world, I became a dad. And Something like, you take for granted that you don't realize you're taking for granted. And, like, I walked into the, to the team store, right? And I'm like, it hit me like, you're not here to buy yourself something. Like, you're here because you bring in a, a, um, a souvenir home for your daughter. And which, that is, was fuck- which is very different for you because you're a fucking collector. So when you would go to games, you're like a fucking three-year-old. You would buy everything. People would think you had a daughter at the time or a son. But really, you're just buying it for your man cave. So it's a very different experience for you. So to be able to to go to a baseball game, to go watch the team that you've rooted for, like let's be honest, like we don't we don't hold things back here. Like we're very open and honest. Like people yes. I probably said it here, like I don't have the greatest relationship with my dad, but one thing we've always bonded over was the Yankees. Like this is like that that so like you have a relationship with your dad because of the Yankees. It's it's your first like it's your first love. Like, yeah, you love your daughter, your wife, whatever, blah, blah, whatever, more, whatever. whatever. But that's your first love is the Yankees, right? So now as a dad, that's what you want to pass on to your kid. You want to pass on your, your love of this team to your kid. And now you get, you're going there to bring something home for them. It was just, it was, to me, it, it was special, dude. I'm not going to lie. It was really special to be able to do that. And she fucking loves that monkey. I mean, she's been playing with it for two days now. Uh, so that that was really cool. Uh, I bought her a foam finger. I bought her a couple of T-shirts. And she's huge into Minnie Mouse. You know that. They didn't have any Minnie Mouse shit, but they had a Mickey Mouse magnet. And she likes playing with magnets. So I bought all that shit. Um I was going to get her a bat, but I was like, I don't know. This mm. is fucking. This She'll is fucking, fucking use it to beat you over the fucking head with. This might be dangerous. I said, we'll save that for when she's old enough to. And if, and if she come. grows up as a Red Sox fan, you, she has daddy issues. And that's really no, what it comes we down were, to. We were talking about that on the way home. And I said, I, and I told my cousin, I was like, listen, I love my daughter more than anything. But it, if she brought home a Red Sox fan, I would kick her out of the house. Absolutely. I was like, I didn't. I said to, I said to him, I was like, I was envisioning, like, you know, you envision things. And I said. I said, I didn't waste the last 16 years of my life raising you for you to do this to me. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, would you rather your daughter bring home a guy who just has his life all just a fucking mess? Be, bring Not, home a meth head before you bring home 100%. <laughs> one. That's all I'm getting at at this point. I'll have more respect for you at that point. As long as he likes the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, shoot your fucking meth up, dude. Whatever you got to do, just don't come into my fucking home and tell me you want to date my daughter and you're a fucking Red Sox fan. Okay? 
So, yeah, I mean, like, if you, you really want to share a first-time experience, the first time back with everything that's happened in the past year, like, I'll never forget yesterday. And, like, we were, you know, and it, it's weird because you're sitting there, right, and they're up 3 nothing. Peralta gives up the home run, and mm-hmm. you're saying to yourself, this fucking team. Team, they're going to fucking cannot, blow another sweep. They can't sweep for shit, right? And they get the cheap run. Wasn't that Judge's they, first walk off too? What a cheap fucking first walk off! They give they get the cheap run. They're up four to two. Green gives up a fucking home run. Now it's four to three. And you're like, in comes Chapman, and I'm like saying to myself, this motherfucker. This is gonna be the game. Because if you really if you've been watching him the last couple of outings, he's been teetering yeah. on blowing the game. Yeah. Because Friday night when they turned a triple play, which was fucking awesome that they did that shit. Phenomenal. He would have blown the game if they don't turn a triple play. Oh, for sure. And, and and what what was the game? It was the game before that, I believe. He threw the ball and it and they came out. They thought he was injured. I think it was something with his finger. They ended up saying, "Yeah." So it, maybe something's nailing. going on there because you gotta you gotta admit, as fast as he's still throwing, when he has that fucking slider and the splitter, whatever, that's when he is on a different fucking planet lately. So maybe something's going hurt. on there. Yeah, but he he's said that he's not it. hurt. But it's either the tip of his finger or the nail or something's bothering him where he can't put the pressure on the ball to well, get the break on it. Yeah, which is huge. I mean, if you can't, it, it that's why. Like if the the Yankees the Yankees offense needs to really step up here and try and get through this series, blowing out a couple of these games and not having to go to him. Let him get a little more time off to heal that thing because. Chapman blowing games is not fun. I mean, he's been so much fun to fucking watch this year. To to see him kind of flaking off here, it, it's not fun. But you knew he wasn't going to have a zero ERA all year. No, so, I mean, like, hey, they still then, won. Look, and then that's what I'm saying, dude. Everybody was getting into the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. It wasn't like the the, the stadium was deflated. They were getting into it. Uh, you know. I just, I really like, dude. I wanted to fucking, I wanted to see somebody punch Tyler Wade in the face. He got so fucking lucky that he's fast and was able to get the ball past, uh, past right. We went past the pitcher, yeah, and he was able to beat it out. Mm. Why are you fucking swinging the bat, Tyler? No, no, don't swing. If you have a th- seriously, this is not a joke. If Tyler Wade in any situation has a three zero count, he needs to take three pitches. I don't care if he strikes out with the bat in his shoulders. Take three pitches, Tyler. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, so, but it, like you said, dude, but the thing is, it was like, um, I don't know, it was like a fart in church or something. I guess that's an expression people use. Like, yeah, it if just kind of like 1974. It was just kind of like something that happened, and you're like, okay, like it kind of did take the, a little bit of the air out of the room when. Judge walks. It's like, yeah, we won, but like, okay. You kind of, you were hoping for like a fucking hit up the middle or something. Even a sack fly, I think, would have been a lot better in that situation. But you know what? Like I said, you'll take any fucking win you can get right now. This team went from how many games under 500? What was the, what was the low? Six games under? No, five. They were five games under 500. And since the, since going into the Detroit series, they are 17 and five. With with a long fucking uh, road trip in there, where they went seven and three, 
That is that is fucking phenomenal, man. In a in a longer stretch, I believe the Yankees are twenty. They're twenty three and nine since wow. their low water mark, and and which is the best dude, record in baseball. Are they even playing that like even close to their potential right now? And right, and when have you sat there and watched and said this team is clicking on all? A cylinders? couple games they have. I gotta say, a couple but games not they consistently, have, but not consistently. And when that fucking happens, watch out, watch out. I tweeted this. Uh, when the Yankees were five games under 500 and I can't wait till midsummer when I can retweet it. And I said, I can't wait for midsummer to watch all these Yankee fans on Twitter react when the New York Yankees have the best record in the American league. It's coming. It will happen. And this team is going to be a, a, the team to beat. Well, here's what I tweeted last night after I made fun of Craig Kimbrell for being a loser, loser. Uh, I said I don't care how bad the five and ten start was. It was silly to say you're done or that base or the season is over. Baseball is too long to make those proclamations after 15 games. 32 games later, the Yankees are essentially tied for first place and just went through the rotation without allowing a run. Correct. Correct. So I mean, it's been a it's been a great run that they've been on. And now you ex- you don't expect to go through the rotation again without allowing a run. So now you you want to see the bats wake up. Like the Yankees just swept the the White Sox and they hit two home runs in the series at home. That's crazy. Crazy. I, I and mean, one of them was a good thing too. And that was one of them was a garbage time home run from Mike Ford, the king of the the king of garbage. King of king of fucking garbage. Michael K was so shocked at that home run that he didn't even know what to say, and that takes a lot for Michael K to be speechless for a minute. It, that takes a lot. That ball was fucking. No, that was crushed. Crushed, crushed. I didn't think Mike Ford had that in him. Actually, he's got. I mean, if, if he ever hits, if he ever makes contact where he's not popping up to, to third baseman, he's got power. I mean, it's what they. Uh, That's what they've always liked about him, but. You got to think about Ford and Wade in the sense is that, like, they say that cockroaches can survive a nuclear war. Right. That's him. That's those two guys because uh, when Glaber Torres got uh, came off the COVID IL, you were thinking, okay, one of them's got to go, right? Right. And then Ruth Neto Dora had a kid. And he survives. And he survives. So he, they survive. And then you're like, okay, Odor's only going to be gone a day or two. Somebody's got to go. And Ryan Lamar. <laughs> Winds up on the fucking IL. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe for the best. Maybe for the best. So they survive again. Maybe for the best. So, man. Um, it was a, like we said, it was a good weekend. Yankees sweep six game winning streak. The Blue Jays are in town. The Blue Jays got swept four games by the Rays. So I mean, they're they're going to be coming in looking to right the ship a little bit. They lost a lot of the games uh, because of their bullpen couldn't. You know, they were blowing games late. And when we last time we saw them, their bullpen was like unhittable. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll take a look ahead here. Unless you got anything else from the patrons or anything else you want to touch on? No, man, not not for me. I'm good. I'm I'm wiped out. So the Blue Jays are coming into the Bronx uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for a three game series. All seven oh five starts. Uh, so Chris says he's going to do a, do a Patreon Wednesday. Uh, maybe I'll do one. No, Chris says you're gonna say you're gonna do one Tuesday night. See, so <clears throat> I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe maybe one of the two days. I'm not sure because we can't 
because they're all seven o'clock starts going to be hard. It's just scheduling wise. We can't do a full show at, yeah. you know, at that point. So um, maybe I'll save mine to wrap up the series on Thursday unless something, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'll definitely do one. Chris says he's going to do one. So we'll have some bonus content on Patreon this week from the both of us. Uh, and tomorrow, apparently SGR has some stuff in the works too. Uh, fuck you, okay. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. All right, so to start the series off, Corey Kluber is going to take the mound for the first time since his no-hitter because Corey Kluber is a starting pitcher. Kluber. All right, so here's what I'm going to do right here, okay? Okay. I mentioned four different things that I bought my daughter when I went to the game. I only heard one. I only heard one of them. You only heard one of them, and I'm only gonna. And it's very specific. One I'm gonna say right here. I told you. I said that. Mentioned that the first thing that I mentioned is something that I gave her, and she's loved it, and she's played for it for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. If you can d de- be the first person to DM me what that item is, I will send you our brand new Corey Kluba is a starting pitcher starting T-shirt. Pitcher. Okay, so we're gonna reward you for listening to the shirt to the show. If you you tell me what that item is, DM me at Chris underscore nyyst. Be the first person to do it, and I'd have the time receipts to find out. We'll send you a Corey Kluba is a starting pitcher T-shirt. So we're gonna reward you. Has the stat line on there and the date. We're gonna reward you for uh, listening to the show here. You know, and I might do it again next week. Gonna reward you for listening to the show. You know, we're gonna pick out something that uh, a detail that you pick up during the show. You send us a DM. First one, boom, get some merch. So we say Corey Kluba is a starting pitcher, and uh, his first start since the no hitter. He's gonna take on uh, ex Met Steven Matz, who I mean, the Yankees should really kick the shit out of him. They really should kick the shit out of him. Uh, didn't didn't he pitch against them this year already? Yeah, he probably pitched a perfect game. Probably that a perfect was game, yeah. Probably one of the no hitters. So the uh, the Jays are calling up their top pitching prospect, whose name escapes me at the moment, Manoa but, uh, or something. Mano- Manoa, yeah, Alec something, Manoa, or something, something fucking stupid. So he's going to pitch Wednesday, and uh, he gave an interview a cup. I don't know when the interview was from, uh, but somebody asked him uh, what. What would the per- who does he want to face the most, or who does he want to strike out the most in Major League Baseball when he makes his debut? And he said the entire Yankees lineup, <laughs> doable, but uh-huh. let's fucking bash his fucking brains in instead. Uh-huh. How's that sound? So Herman will take the ball, and Herman's sporting a three oh five ERA. So I mean, again, hey, dude, whatever happened to him when he got sent to the alternate site? He's gotten his head on straight since then. Yeah, you know what? It, it would be such a... I, I'd have to imagine if he goes like six scoreless, he, he's going to have a sub uh, sub three ERA. And, and Obviously. And man, like look at this fucking rotation right now. Look at the ERAs. Outside of outside of Montgomery and, uh, and Tyone, who really Montgomery's inflated because he's had a couple really bad starts. But for the most part, Montgomery's been really good. And Tyone's got to put it together still. I mean, he he's definitely going to be a work in progress, but this starting rotation has a lot of potential right now, and, and it could only get better once once Sevy gets back. Yeah, and the series is going to close out on Thursday with Robbie Ray against uh, Jordan Montgomery. So both teams are going to miss each other's aces. No uh, Hinjin Ryu and no Garrett Cole in this series. So 
hey man, you know what? Again, you know the 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 Jays are scuffling. I'm sure they're going to want to come in here and play well. The Yankees haven't played well against the Blue Jays yet this year. I mean, let's look at it. They lost the opening series two games to one. They lost the, then they went to Dunedin. They lost two games to one, and then we haven't seen them since. Yeah, I mean, this is a different team right now. This, this is this is. This is now where the Yankees have to correct course and start playing better baseball against division rivals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, you're going to harp on the same thing we harp on every time we record. Win the series. Stack series wins. Keep going. Win, win the series. Keep okay? it going. So, uh, there is one thing that I wanted to touch on before we wrapped up, and it just it just hit me, and I do, I do want to bring it up here. Uh. We know where it came from, whatever. I don't care. But Brian Cashman gave a quote uh, a couple of days ago when he was asked uh, what was going to happen with Luis Severino when he came back. And he said that Luis Severino's role on this team was going to be based on uh, how the rotation was starting, that if he needs to be a starter, it'll be a starter. If he needs to come out of a bullpen, he needs to come out of a bullpen. Mm. I don't think you, just based on your action, I don't think you really care for that. I don't. I don't. So if the Yankees, we again, we're still probably looking at at least another month, month and a half before we can even realistically think about this. If this team is still pitching to this level, who do you bump? Yeah, I mean, look, it it's a better thing than not to for these guys to make pulling them from the rotation unjustifiable. Right, like if you're sitting here saying you can't justify taking anyone out, that's a good thing. Um, there's only one guy, in my opinion, that is is the odd man out, and that's Jordan Montgomery. But again, if he's going to throw in starts the way he has been, it's going to be tough to pull him. But you got to, you can't go into Sevy coming back saying, "Oh, maybe he's a, maybe he's a starter, maybe he's a bullpen guy." You got to find starts for him. And and it's got to be his job to lose. I'm sorry. He's too good. He's too good if he's healthy. He's too good to say right off the bat that he's not a starting pitcher in this rotation. That's where I have issues with it. I understand what Cashman's saying, and I think it's logical. But at the same time, man, Luis Severino, if he can come back and be Luis Severino, he's got to be a starting pitcher for you. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent, but... Imagine being able to deploy him as a weapon coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, but how many weapons do you really need? Again, let's just talk about this for a second real quick. What are you using him for, first of all? Just a quick answer. Don't go into depth with it. What are In your mind, what is what is deploying him as a weapon to you? Is that a long reliever? Is that a, a, you know, a fire extinguisher type role? No, I don't think I use him as a fire extinguisher. I give him a clean, I give him clean two innings. Okay, but okay. So, how many times have the Yankees truly needed a clean two innings out of a guy that they don't have a guy out there that can do that for you? And so, so my point is really is you're taking a guy who has so much value as a starting pitcher if he's healthy. This is an October move. You're not going to go to like yesterday. They got five innings out of Tyone. They wanted to go to the bullpen. Fine. You're not going to go to fucking Wandy Peralta. Look as decent as he's been in October. You want? Wouldn't you rather be able to go to Severino in that spot? If you're telling if you're telling me that Corey Kluber is going to pitch the way he has been for the most part for the rest of this season and truly solidify the number two spot in this rotation as we as we predicted on the show, 
And then you're going to tell me in October. Why is that? Because Corey Kluber is a starting, starting pitcher. pitcher. And then you're going to tell me that because you have such a solid one and two in October, you're going to use Seve as a weapon out of the bullpen. I am 100% all for it. 100%. But if you don't have, now you ha- you got to talk Herman too is really, I mean, if he has another good start here, he's neck and neck with Corey Kluber. He really is. I mean, he's been that good. So you're building up three guys now who really you can't justify not starting in the playoffs, then fine. But I got to still see how strong Seve comes back. Maybe the Yankees just aren't expecting him to be the guy that they can rely on to go out there and take the ball for six innings. By the time he's coming back in this in the season, maybe they don't think there's enough time for him to really build up to be that guy this year. And instead, they're going to just use him as a weapon. And, and, and then I'm fine with it. And you also got to look at uh, situations of other guys in the bullpen is that are you going to trust Jonathan Wiseka all the way through October? You're this. You're putting an unprecedented amount of stress on this guy. Sure. It's a it's a, a new. I mean, look. You hope that he, he comes through with in flying colors. And so far, he's been he's been really good. He's had a couple of hiccups, but I mean, he's been the guy that Boone's going yeah. to when he doesn't have Chapman available. Well, look, you're starting to see guys come back down to earth a little bit. Jonathan Luizaga being one of them, and it's not so much his stuff as it is that command that really has always plagued him the first couple of years that he came up here. You're starting to see him lose a little bit of that command, and then the second he loses that, he is a completely different pitcher. He's completely hittable. He, he, you know, he he's guys are seeing the ball much better out of his hand when he doesn't have command because they're waiting on certain pitches and they're not swinging and missing over his over his junk, and and he becomes a guy who you can't really rely on the way you were in the first half of the you know the season so far. And we've and now look, granted, if the pitching holds up to this level that it's been, which we don't expect, but if even if it's better. It's decent where guys are giving you consistent six, seven inning outings. Maybe this is a different conversation, but maybe we've seen in, pa- in the past couple of years, the Yankees get to October, you know, not obviously not last year because it was only 60 games, but you know, take a year like 2019, they get to October. These guys' arms are shot. They're gassed because they pitched so many innings in the regular season. Now, you know, you're going to insert Britain into this, but also wouldn't you like in a situation like this, you know, you say to yourself, you know, it's going to take X to, to stretch out Seve, and by that time, you know, what are we what are we going to get, two starts That's out what I'm him? saying. So, That's what I'm saying. Maybe they feel like he's coming back so late in the year at this point that they won't have enough time to build him up. So why not use him the way they best can for this season? So you keep Miles off of maybe... Chapman's arm, Loisca's arm, uh, uh, Green's arm, you know? And it's, we've seen Seve out of the bullpen, and, he, and he's pretty fucking dominant. When Severino doesn't have to worry about uh, pacing himself, he's a – I mean, look, he. I don't want him to become a long-term reliever. I think in 2021 the, the, he should be uh, the legitimate number two behind Garrett Cole, even a 1A. You know, that's your, that's your hope for him. But – when he doesn't have, when he doesn't have to pace himself, when he can just go out there, balls out and throw, he was at I his mean, best. I mean, he's he's a completely different guy. So, um, I'll say we'll, this. I'll say this. Just last thing to wrap wrap that thought up. I think here's all it will take for Severino to come back as a bullpen guy. It won't even take Jordan Montgomery being great or good. I mean, he's got to be good, obviously, but. All it will take is Jordan Montgomery to continue to go out and pitch innings. 
if Jordan Montgomery more times than not can pitch you through the sixth inning and hand the ball over in the seventh, whether that be giving up three runs, four runs uh, here and there, maybe throwing in a couple shitty starts. But if he can, if he can eat innings for you and, and be somewhat effective throughout that, they're not going to mess with that. They're going to leave a guy in there who they know can give them six innings more times than not instead of trying to build Sevy up and working through a progression where he's only giving you three innings, four innings, five, and then by the end of it, he's, it's fucking October. Because you know, you know another thing I don't want to sit through right now, especially at this point, uh, at that point in the season, is having to work two guys now. Yeah. I think Corey Kluber's at a point where we're fine with yep. him. It's okay. Yep. Even though I think the Yankees had a quote like, oh, we're still gathering data whether or not Corey Kluber can sustain this for the full season. Well, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, because what I the gained hell just, the data. I gained it. Yeah. It's called a no-hitter. I mean, I mean, if that's your, if your concern is that, then why the hell did you sign a guy in the first yeah, place? Come on. Number one. Uh, and Jamison Tyone is still a fucking project. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have traded for him. No, no. He's just a project. But, but he's a project right now. So, you know, let's not have two projects in no, the rotation. I agree. And that's another reason why we go back to saying if something comes along that makes sense to add more good starting pitching to this team, you do it. Yep. So, you know what? I, I, I do. I have a lot of respect for Jamison Tyone for what he came back from, two Tommy Johns, the cancer, everything. But I'm trying to win a World Series this year. So if I can bring somebody in where your role is basically non-existent for the rest of the year, I'm sorry, but we have you next year. And, you know, we'll see you, in, <laughs> we'll see you then, right? See you then. All right, and we'll see you probably uh, – I don't know. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we'll see what we can. Uh, we'll still record Sunday night, yeah, right? Yeah, come on, bro. I might be fucked up. Good. I like that. I'm going to a barbecue. I might be fucked nice. up. Nice. Me too. So we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely get something going either. Yeah, we uh, got it. Because the Yankees are playing a day game on Memorial Day. So if, if we're too fucked up to record Sunday night, we'll record after the game yeah. on, uh, on we'll Monday We'll see how night. this so, goes. Releasing on Tuesday. Maybe we'll do a Monday, uh, Monday night show that night. All right, so we'll we'll definitely be back after sometime after the Detroit series, uh, either Sunday night or Monday. I I don't know who the hell is going to be wanting to listen to us fucking jerk offs after yeah. uh, on Memorial Day anyway. Yeah, so we'll on. see how we'll see how that goes. But thank you for listening to episode two thirty four of the NYYST podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Chris, tell them where they can uh, be a patron again. Patreon.com slash NYYST. All right, five bucks a month to get all the bonus content. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you get uh, you get discounts on merch and a whole bunch of other shit that we're working on. So please support us there. Thank you very much for listening, Chris. Say goodbye. Hey.